Hi guys and welcome to episode 5 of the podcast. So today I actually had a recorded one from just after Christmas between the new year and I just haven't put it up yet. Um, it's just got stuff in it I don't want to put up at the moment so I will save that for another episode. So today's episode is more of a bit of a, a rant and a generalisation to how January is going already. Um, there's a few subjects in my mind I have had some other questions as well um, so I'll go through the questions first um, one of them was by another YouTuber um, and he asked he asked me how to get in contact or have um, companies contact you uh, more of a how do you get on their radar type of thing um, from my experience you don't get if you don't ask with some of them so you can just drop them an email drop them a message especially through social medias and see if it's something they want to do but a lot of the times someone is sat there watching you do the stuff that you're doing and then that is how they base what they're going to do send you ask you to do see if they want to work with you um, there's not much more to it than that. The 2020 season and the beginning of 2021 isn't being the best year for it. It won't be. Um, companies are dropping their budgets massively on what they do outside their own advertising. So magazines, TV, online advertising, um, using, let's use this word, influencers. It is like a secondary thing that they do and unless you have thousands upon thousands of thousands literally a huge online presence they aren't going to be spending as much money on influencer advertising and stuff like that for the next few years so if you are looking to get into it now you're gonna have to really stand out do something different to what anyone else does if it's how you film if it's how you edit if it's how you actually put portray the stuff to the public um, you're going to stand out and that's my answer to that one the other question I was asked was um, by a young lad that's just starting out and he was asking about advertising where you don't actually get much of a return from it so I get this asked quite a lot because if anyone obviously anyone listening to this knows me and my business and our business um, we have everything you can possibly think of made with a business logo on I've just had my house number done in granite um, and it has our pond side of the logo on it on the sign I have teddy bears I have cake toppers I have stickers we have Christmas baubles as some of you have received I did send some out um, I'm just looking around me now as I'm sat underneath all my merch we have anything you can think of if it can be turned into a business related item I have turned it into a business related item um, I enjoy it um, the young lad was asking obviously it's an expense that doesn't earn you much money or as a few people will know I've sent my merch all around the world um, there's people in Australia with it there's people in America with it there's people in I think it was Germany I can't remember now it was a it was an Instagram giveaway winner or a Facebook giveaway winner that was in Germany I don't remember um, and every time he asks people tell him oh don't waste money or don't advertise for other people 
that's just totally not true um don't waste the money that's correct if you can't afford it do not buy the merch but sharing your merch with people sharing your merch with other people within the community sending merch to people wearing their merch i right now i've got at least 30 hats surrounding me one of them is ours everyone else has belonged to other companies other people that i know um all gardening related or our work related so it could be tools or um I've got a few digger ones and stuff like that. Um, most of them have been sent. I do buy them myself as well because I do like them. Um, and it's not it's not going to lose me work. I'm not going to be studying a customer's garden in, let me have a look, um, a Tom Pemberton's Farm Life merch hat and a customer go, oh, well, I'm not going to be getting them again. And I'm not going to be walking around Asda or sat in the van at any point and someone's going to go, well, that's his DSA gardening on there, but he's wearing a Tom Pemberton hat. I'm never going to use them. It's just idiotic. Support the people around you. If you're a young business, you're maybe not because you try to get your name out there. I don't want anyone walking past to really care what my uniform is at the time. I'm always going to have some of my own on. I've always got my own jacket, my own T-shirt on. Because nobody sent me a jacket yet, hint, hint. Um, or something related to the business we're in. If a customer really is bothered, they're going to ask you anyway. And the van's there. I'm never on a site where the van's not there. Unless it's a customer that we already have. Um, so it doesn't really matter what you're wearing or what it is that you're doing. Just support the community. It's all it is about. And then as for the having lots of different merch, it's just fun. If I could have my own Funko Pops, I would do. Um, they're just very, very expensive to have them personalised. I do have one that looks like me, but I haven't had the box swapped over to DSA Gardening yet because it's very, very expensive. Um, share it with... Just share it with people. Get, get stickers. Just send them out to people. It might not... It's not going to gain you any work, but it's not going to lose you any money. Stickers work out at like 17 pence each, plus a bit of postage. It's not going to add up to much. It's not going to break the bank, and it also just gets your name out there in the community. The amount of um, emails I've had from people that have seen it and people that have liked my social media because they've seen my sticker in a Brian's Law Maintenance video, uh, Saving Green, um, so that's the American side, Acme Mowing with Ben, um, they've seen our stuff on there because we have, like, we was once half of the fridge on his fridge of fame. Um, and just stuff like that. People have liked our social media and it's nothing to do with it being work specific. It's literally the more that followers you have, the more likely you are to get better in the algorithms and then the more likely customers are going to see you. It's same with anything that's online advertising. The more presents you've gotten, something that makes it different. So when we did the baubles for his Christmas tree business, um, that post got absolutely tons of likes from people that don't even know that we are gardeners. But the baubles have a lawnmower on them. So these Christmas tree people now know that we do gardening. And so we might not get any work from it, but I enjoyed it. The customers enjoyed it. The friends enjoyed it. And boom, there you go. It becomes another form of advertising that doesn't in doesn't directly get you work but it also adds to the your presence online and your social media side and the getting your word out um if you can afford to it's always good to try and sponsor a local football team we're doing a charity in november for a gent that's doing running we're sponsoring his his jersey for that month 
um, and that might not get us any direct work, but it also puts his name out in the community, so they're going to see him, he's going to put it on their website, their YouTube, their Instagram, people will see it, people will click it, people will like it, and all it takes is for one of those persons or people to see that, and then there you go, you could get work from it. It might not be an instant gratification like um, door-to-door leafleting and stuff like that is, but again, you can put 10,000 leaflets out there at a cost of, what? 10,000 leaflets posted is like £1,400, I think, was the last time I was quoted from the Royal Mail. Um, I can't remember if I the exact amount, but it's not cheap. Well, I could put 10 stickers on something silly and get the same amount of return from it. So it's all just about playing the field in a sense. And then the next topic is where the rant comes in. Is we're now nearly a year into COVID. Um, obviously, it'd been around by now, but the first lockdown happened in March. Um, we're still in a lockdown now. Um, and I don't think the. Um, the disease is dividing the disease. Virus is the worst thing to come out of it. It's the division in people. Um, the essential worker, the key worker, um, moniker that has been given to everything. Um, it's getting worse and worse. Um, I'm seeing friends getting notes left on their vans. Um, you're not a key worker, blah blah blah. You're not an essential worker. Why are you out? Nice things spreading the virus, um, and stuff like that. And I think one of the worst things I saw the other day was a horrible situation where some kids threw a wheelie bin full of stones off um, off of a motorway bridge, and it hit a lorry driver, knocked him unconscious. He was close to death. He obviously crashed. Um, and the headline was um, lorry incident and then it, it started with essential worker um, what's it got to do with if they're an essential worker or not that's a horrible situation for it to happen to anyone the comments was all this is a disgusting thing to happen especially to an essential worker what if it had been a gent just going to go pick his shopping up after he'd not been doing his essential work I'm doing um, my fingers in the background there so if it had been a gent just not doing essential work so going to go get his shopping to feed his kids would it have been a different situation no it's a horrible situation um, I saw I saw one about a young woman had had the back of window of a car smashed open and had stole a laptop and she was a nurse um, and again, everyone was on the bandwagon of, oh, this shouldn't happen to a key worker. This shouldn't happen to anyone. It doesn't matter if you're a key worker or not. The amount of, this, the, this is, a, this is, it's totally disgusting. Nurses and that, the hardest working people in the world. My mum's a carer. She's dealing with it. My mum's had COVID, goddammit. I know exactly how it can be. Um, but. It doesn't make any difference. That is not a headline that should be making the news that it's essential worker when there's thousands and thousands of tradespeople losing their their livelihoods on a weekly basis and have been for the last five years all from van and vehicle breakings. They very, very rarely do they make the news. But because it was a 
key work. No, it, she's she's a person. We're all people. We're all in this together. We might we're all on the same we're all in the same storm. We're not all in the same boat, but we're all in the same storm. Um, and it's just dividing the world. Um, and it, it it's the most depressing part of it. I think. Um, when when we first went to lockdown, some of the gardens we went to. It'd been eight weeks since some of the people in those houses had seen anyone. Some of these elderly couple people that we work for, um, they'd not seen another person except for the postman or the bin men for over eight weeks. So yeah, we might not be um, on the front line again on the front lines. We might not be in the hospitals fighting the virus and look after people. But guess what? Nurses do that all the time. They deserve this recognition all year round every time not just when there's a virus going on doctors and nurses work hard all the time um so i don't get where they do not they deserve the extra recognition all the time not just because there's something going on um and i think that's where the division comes in so we might not be fighting on the front lines we might not be doctors doing stuff like that but to some of these people we are an essential service to them all they've got is the garden to go sit in and yeah it's it's very trivial but if you you're locked in your house you're locked at home you've got nothing to do but you can go out and actually enjoy your garden because it's the only place you feel safe it's definitely an essential job that your gardener comes around um and i think it's just such a shallow minded shallow thought shallow minded view with that anybody doing like a physical labor job or an outdoor job that isn't communications water or stuff like that it's just deemed to be in the wrong at the minute um we're very lucky we've only had the police wronging us once um and that was a vindictive gentleman that's done it to us a few times before so it's nothing new um but i hear of people on a weekly basis having notes and having comments and reviews i saw a viva or a yelp review that had been left on someone's business because they'd been doing some landscaping for the next door neighbor they'd been there for about two weeks and the review was just like oh they didn't do work for us but during a pandemic they was parked outside our property and we ourselves well, did, they, did they come in the house no are you going to pay them to stay at home I've claimed the um, self-employed grants from the government because we've seen a massive downturn in work. Not so much one-off jobs, and with some of the larger customers, they've been they've been consistent all through the year. But a lot of customers have been home long enough to buy their own lawnmowers now. And lawnmowing and that is our bread and butter. It's what pays for the year the one-off work is what is our wages in a sense if you think of it that way um so we've needed it but we're still in a very lucky position that we still have these customers to do that some people don't have that and then to have to deal with being told that you're not an essential or a key worker it doesn't help if you have to work you have to work it's as simple as that if you're not interacting with anyone you are not spreading the virus Again, it's as simple as that, because if that is the problem, 
are you going to stop the mailman are you going to stop the amazon deliveries are you going to stop all the other deliveries are you going to stop using deliveroo what about the home food serve deliveries guys i don't think in this whole pandemic have i handled anyone else's bags of shopping and passed it to them at the door or loaded the crates into the back of the van and passed it to them but that's what's happening with food deliveries every day um so stop blaming and stop turning people that you deem as not key workers into the bad guy just because it's not what you see as essential work is my point of view i just don't think it's very good at all um and it's just not fair and it's just one of those things i don't like to rant when it comes to stuff like that it's supposed to be more of a positive thing was the whole point of the podcast but this is just one of those things that has really got to me um especially with that thing with a lorry driver i mean it shouldn't have happened it doesn't matter if he was an essential worker or not it doesn't matter oh this shouldn't happen especially in a pandemic it shouldn't happen at all what's a pandemic got to do with anyone having stones thrown at them off a motorway bridge it's um it's totally wrong way of looking at stuff and that is what's dividing the country and the world at the minute is who's who and what's what then on to a less negative but definitely not a positive health and safety so if you've been listening to the podcast and following on social media you will know we've taken on quite a bit of um extra commercial work this year um we've taken on some lawn cutting we've taken on some specific doing designs and like replant not designs like replants of commercial car parks and just stuff like that um which is something we've done before but nowhere near to the scale we've tried to bump it up to this year so the dreaded health and safety question came back um i always make sure whenever we're working that we we know what we're using we know the health and safety for it um ppe your glasses your goggles and everything is an ultimate essential you don't do the job without them on um and if you decide that you don't want to wear them well you just don't do that specific task then that requires that that bit of ppe but i got really down the rabbit hole filling out all these commercial questionnaires and i had to remake the handbook to include covid rules and covid health and safety i now have to submit a covid um, risk assessment which is the funniest thing in the world um, because some of the measurement measures in place within that which are required for it are just so funny i won't read them out on here because some of them are tailored to the companies we're working for and i don't want to upset them by putting out some of the stuff that they've asked us to put in them um but anyone listening to this that's in our trade which most of you are make sure you keep up your health and safety because I keep up with making sure everyone's health and safety, but I have not kept up with the paperwork up until recently, and I have had to catch up on it, and I've had to relearn a lot of my health and safety stuff. Um, I'm pretty good with keeping on top of stuff like that, but some of the changes in the legislation and some of the new requirements uh, absolutely blew my mind away. I spent like three days watching updated PUA, updated RIDAR, updated LOLA um, courses. I mean... 
when I last did risk assessments where it was site-specific, we just carry standard ones. The site-specific ones we very rarely fill out because we don't really find a need for them because we know what it is. We've discussed it in a previous, but obviously it's a requirement that we will be doing from now on. Um, but the method statements are a new thing to me. I've done generic method statements before, but never site or job specific ones. And as I was sat there the other day doing how we cut grass method statements for a safe work procedure, um, it blew my mind did that um because why uh, why 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 would anyone that's done it for as long as we have have to have a make sure you're in a safe area when starting the mower it's like well no nah, what i'm usually doing is i go stand in the middle of a nursery full of kids and just start it there no i mean it's just common sense but it needs to be in place for these commercial sites you have to prove to them that it's what you're thinking and showing your staff what to do and what you do yourself. So if anyone, even just general day-to-day, -day, if you get a little bit of time, just double-check where you are on the health and safety rules and stuff like that. Don't go massively... Ooh, postman. What have we got? Uh, don't go massively deep into them, but just keep yourself up-to-date with them because the headache I got from trying to catch up and get back to where it was so i was up to date with the legislation for me to submit the correct forms um and then from health and safety on to insurance make sure your insurance is correct as well so i've been with simply business for let me think now 10 years now um and with the commercial contracts the they asked me to Changed my insurance, so for the last 10 years we've been covered for £10 million, had legal, for the first three years we had professional indemnity insurance, um, which I removed because I didn't think we needed it, and the insurance company had advised against it. So with all these commercials and the new contract signing and our contractors, because we subcontract for a few companies, so our contractor submission forms and stuff like that they all ask for a minimum of five million um and is to have professional indemnity so i rung my insurance company up they're like you've not spoke to us in the last five years i'm like well you send me the renewal i accept it and we're done and it turned out there was a few mistakes within it nothing that would have invalidated my insurance so we were still covered um but i'd not changed the business partner name um but it was still classed as a partnership so he did confirm to me that even if there was an issue um they had received the email it had just not been confirmed that it had been changed um so that was all fine so again nothing that would have invalidated my insurance um and, and with the auto renewal the depth was still at five meters for digging for some reason in my head i thought i'd be digging five meter deep ponds all the time we've never gone any deeper than 2.5 meters even for trenching out for uh when we've like put in large sleeper walls we've never gone any deeper than that uh, 
So, well, they got a new barrage of questions sent, uh, questions, questions sent to me. Um, we got our insurance quite a lot cheaper. Um, so we dropped it from 10 million to 5 million, um, which didn't decrease the price much at all. Um, he was saying the increase from 1 million to 5 million was around 13 pounds and the decrease saved us around 12 to 15 pounds or something like that because the amount really doesn't count after we've been trading as long as we have 10 years um but the re reduction in the depth saved quite a lot the um, job description changed quite a lot so we had a lot of hard landscaping cover with it because when they was asking me the questions so my insurance we was down as landscapers slash maintenance um minus tree felling um and we don't do much landscaping i described the work that we do to them and he says you don't need full landscapers cover we don't dig patios we don't dig paths we don't dig round properties much except for a little bit of planting maybe a little bit of decking fencing isn't covered under landscaping for it was explained but that's with our insurers it might be different so changing the description to garden maintenance plus the other stuff the depth and all that saved us quite a lot um and so i've been overpaying for nearly 10 years now um which is a slight annoyance but it is what it is um, it's something it's my own fault for not chasing them up the renewals are always about the same if not less so i wouldn't see any point in messing about with it and the cover's been really good um even though we've not had to use it there's no hassle there's no marketing calls there's nothing that's what i want my insurance to be it's why we use a broker light simple business we do the same for our vehicle insurance that is through why isn't my brain working a plan yeah a plan do the vehicle insurance um the best thing about that is when you ring up there's no hold there's no you are a valued customer please hold there's literally a guy answers like you're all right but boom or alas and you're sorted even if it's not the person you deal with we deal with one person most of the time if we don't get through to them like we've got all your notes here it specifically has certain stuff that we have linked for our business i deal with all the insurance even though not all of it's in my name so they have me down has been able to deal with it countersign it and all that type of stuff which is brilliant because every time you ring insurer up and you're doing insurance that is specific to one person you get the yeah but you're not that person and you need to give them the details i could literally just change my accent slightly and go yeah that's me and give them all the details i filled the forms out i know all the details um it's just one of those things, data protection and all that, which is a good thing. Um, but with using the broker, they have all that stored. So as soon as I say the stuff, I go, yeah, it's Daniel. I go, all right, Dan, what do you want to get sorted? And they know straight away because the notes is on the account, which is a tangent for no reason there. The whole point is always just double check with your insurance, even halfway through the year. We're halfway through our recent policy. Um, the cancellation fee the rework fee the new documentation fee and all that added up to more than what we'd be saving so i didn't move to the cheaper supplier this time i stuck with who we are with now for the next six months um because once it's all added together we've already paid most of it because you pay it over 10 months so we've only got four months of payments left which adds up to less than what it would be to cancel change policy 
we pay monthly so we have it through finance through close brothers they charge us 30 pound for a documentation change and 25 pound for the money to be sent back for the previous payments and then for it to work into the other one so it just wasn't worth it at the time but we already have our quote in place and ready to start for when we go back to our new policy in may i think it is um that's already set which is near enough a 60 percent saving um without the professional indemnity as we spoke to all our people everyone we work with i spoke to insurance specialists i spoke to other contractors and it wasn't something we needed but i felt filling out these forms they wanted it um so if you are getting into the commercial side or subcontracting and you get a subcontractor's form just check with them if they do require you to have it they are usually a generalized system that they have in place for all their contractors so they might be requiring it for the people that design the buildings as that's what professional indemnity is is to cover them if you destroy their um, reputation or lose them work because of your advice or designs are incorrect or cause issues that's my understanding of it i'm not an insurance expert but that's how it was explained to me so don't hold me to that always check with your insurance if you do require it um they explained that putting flowers in a flower bed isn't needed to be covered because it doesn't have such a financial hit on you so say we did a three thousand pound planting scheme with 1500 pounds worth of plants if it causes an issue and we've got to change it you just absorb the cost and do it yourself the insurance wouldn't be worth applying for for something like that now if we designed three houses and everyone bumped their heads on the doors going in because the designs were incorrect um then we would need it because we couldn't absorb the cost of rebuilding three new houses that's how it's explained to me um again don't hold me to that check with your insurance my whole point is even in your busiest periods in that just double check that your insurance is correct and where it should be i on a regular basis not with the public liability but with our van insurance i speak to them we we've had the tow bars we have sign writing we have so when we first got a van we didn't have it sign written because we couldn't afford the extra that it was to have it sign written so 10 years ago well eight years ago when we got our first transit we couldn't afford to have it sign written um and so we didn't bother for about a year and a half and then we did get it sign written and rung the insurance up and it actually cost like 70 pound more at that point which at the first it was like 300 pound more um so then we just left it at that and then when we got the newer transit we've got now um i was thought well to save a bit of money we've just spent a lot on this um we won't bother sign writing it we don't need it for the work we'll just add all the extras that we had on it so i was talking to them i'm like yeah we've got sun visors we've got bonnet adapters we have um different color headlights which weirdly enough is something the insurance does need to know in certain circumstances and they're like yeah yeah that doesn't affect it this doesn't affect it as long as we know as long as we know type of thing like yeah as long as we know they're on there they're not massive things if you crash the van we replace the van we don't replace the parts on it unless you specifically ask us to so if we had a body kit we would have the body kit insured but for the sun visors the headlights and stuff like that, we wouldn't have them insured they're non they're not expensive things that need to be fixed and we could just afford to replace them or just not replace them anywhere 
And the gent asked me, he goes, do you want to sign write it? I'm like, well, I want to, but I don't want to pay the extra cost. I, it's really not an expense I want at the moment. He's like, no, it'll save you money. I'm like, well, for the last six years, it's cost me money. And like, no, 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 if you get your van sign written now, it will bring your insurance down. Insurance changes on a weekly basis on how things are affected in it. Um, and so I'm like, well, yeah, sign written. The next day it was booked in with the sign writers and it was done. Um, so just double check stuff like that with your insurance companies as well. Um, there's lots of things that you wouldn't expect could affect it. Um, and we found everything we've done so far hasn't increased it. I mean, if you have a broker, it's nicer because you're not speaking directly to the insurer um speaking to your insurer can cause more hassle than good sometimes um so the physical underwriters um when we had when we was forced off the road like seven years ago in the blue transit uh, a council vehicle came pulling out of a bus lane which was an inactive bus lane there was no things he just came straight out of the lights on green obviously the bus lane lights are different to normal lights so our lights go green and the bus lane lights go green but the bus lane is only for straightforward travel not for merging into traffic he merged straight into traffic fosters to pull over and smash into the bus lane obviously the curbs on the bus lane are really high for the track as like the wheels that track bus wheels for a bus lane and it's cracked the bottom of the engine when we hit it took it to the mechanic he's like i can't really see much damage except for this light crack um but there's not much we can do about it about three days later the engine totally failed um we couldn't prove that the engine failure was caused by the accident because the, the oil didn't leak out it just seeped so there's still plenty of oil in there it turned out the fuel pump had failed um no mechanic could say either would a high impact cause damage to the fuel pump or not there's no either way so the insurance company wins out there with the yeah you it's not our fault it's a, a vehicle wear and tear issue um when we had the accident We'd never claimed, we just asked if it was possible to claim. Um, we rung up the insurers uh, instead of the broker, and the insurers filed it as an attempt to claim. So then we had no claims bonus disappeared. Luckily, after a small legal battle with them, because obviously we didn't actually physically claim, we just asked if it was a possibility. Um, and we never asked for it to be claimed. They sent an underwriter out to have a look at the vehicle who never actually stepped out of the vehicle. He literally drove up and went, oh, it's a, a four-plate transit. I'm not looking at this and drove off. Um, we won, and they removed that strike on our insurance. Um, so it was neither here nor there. But the, the joys of having a broker is you can run stuff past them so I asked our broker when we'd had a, a slight damage on the wing mirror if I'd have spoke to the insurers themselves that could have been classed as a claim whereas it wasn't I was only asking that if we replace the electric wing mirrors with standard wing mirrors would that affect his insurance and like no and what it was someone came past us flew into the window and smashed it off 
um, we had to have it replaced, but I wasn't putting electric ones back in. There was no point. Spoke to the broker, they're like, yeah, that won't affect it either way, no problem. But if I'd have spoke to the um, underwriter, that could have been an issue. Um, so there's always ways and means to save stuff, and I think that's the whole point of this part on the insurance is update yourself every now and then just check in with them and if it does cost you more there's probably a reason it's costing you more um and the reason it is might be the reason if you ever need to claim that they say we're not doing it because you don't have blah de blah or you don't have this you don't have that so don't be like me and don't check in on your insurance yeah with a vehicle one i usually do but with the public liability which was a big saving like i say nearly like 40% saving it was like 60% of the cost is the same it was like a 40% saving um or the other way around I don't remember off the top of my head um that's a lot of money and that could be money you could be saving and our, our insurance is a lot more correct now for what we do um as I said none of it would have ever affected we've always been insured it wouldn't have affected the claim I double checked that with them um but always just keep in touch with them even if it's just on your yearly review let them know what you've done the previous year it could change something within your insurance to make it cheaper or more expensive if it makes it more expensive you there's a reason you need that cover there because if you do something that's within the part that's not covered you're not insured and the last thing you want is to be hit with a bill when you're expected to be insured and if you are insured so you when a company asks for your insurance details they don't ask for specifics you're the one that's supposed to have the specifics so say you go yeah i've got public liability they go fair enough and but they're like is it public liability that will cover us you're like yeah 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 i've got public liability and you say i've only got one million and you incur a lot more costs than that then it's going to be an issue always over insure if you can afford to or just about on where you should be but if you can afford to always slightly over insure because you're never going to have issues when it comes to covering costs or if you do ever have an issue we've never claimed on ours in 10 years and i hope never to claim on it but it's there it's peace of mind it helps you sleep at night especially if there is something going on we've just finished a job now where all the line markings in the car park has come up that's not our problem they are not installed correctly um, but if it is ever an issue I know our insurance has legal cover so if the company has done the line marking is try and blame it on us we have we have photographic evidence that it's not laid correctly if you, the parts that have come up have more dirt underneath them and more algae underneath them than the cleaned areas around it so they obviously didn't clean the area when they laid it and they didn't apply it properly but we have legal cover so if the line marking company decide to try and go well we did it right and you didn't i've literally got the photographic evidence and i have legal backup so they could try and take us to court and our legal backup would be in our corner and that's just something i don't have to worry about i don't have to worry about anyway the company knows the company are coming back in to replace it they rushed the job while it was frosty and it hasn't stuck properly it's as simple as that but it's just a, an example that if we didn't have the insurance and we didn't have the legal cover and stuff like that that could be a worry especially if you're starting out if you blow line markets up in a car park you try to clean up it's going to be a worry that the company's not going to like it the company who did the work for was like yeah absolutely fine don't worry about it send us photographs over we'll get the line marks to come back and fix the problem it's not been down long it's been down like he said like a month but that's still no excuse it should be usable 
after about a few hours from what I can what I would say it's a car park line marking um, so that's no issue of ours but that's just an example of something that's happened recently that could affect somebody that's starting out doing the type of commercial stuff that we do and we just know that we've got that legal cover as a backup just in case so sorry for wandering on into 40 plus minutes on this one um, I just had a few things I wanted to get off my chest, a few things that was in my head and with January being one of those months where you're doing all sorts, um, tax returns I have another podcast on tax returns, planned, scripted, so a little less higgledy-piggledy than this one it's fully scripted, I just need to double check some of the information with my accountant before that goes ahead remember if you are listening to this, it's the 28th of January now government have extended the period of when you can apply your tax to the end of february you will still pay interest on what you owe but you won't get the fine for your late filing so if you're in your first few years and you don't really understand it and you don't have account get an accountant get an accountant is the best thing i can ever advise you to do but if you don't don't worry you've got a little bit of a stopgap right now to file it um, and you're not going to get hit with an 150 pound fine which is always nice um other than that thanks for if you've made it this far thanks for listening all the way through and i will catch you later bye